0: And welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast, talking your Houston Texans straight from the Great British Isles. Apologies for the lateness this week, scheduling conflicts, life getting in the way, and we're trying to sift through all the changes And what Nick Casario said was a fluid situation, and it continues to be right up until late Thursday when we get some news about a further addition to the Texans, a positive one at a position group which was much needed. So with that bit of brand recognition in terms of that name coming in a tight end Certainly woke up this morning feeling like you should put some thoughts down. Flying solo this week. We'll be back next week for a preview show for week one against the Colts for the real stuff to start. The last bit to get to the real games has kind of been tedious. This team predominantly picked itself as the 53 and we'll come on to all that. But firstly, just wanted to take a second to remember Jamie Roots, the former Texans president of two decades, sadly took his own life last week after a stellar career in sports with the Columbus crew, came to Houston, looked to work for the Dynamo for a while, didn't quite work out, been doing some lecturing at Rice University. But I think leaving the Texans must have left a hole uh, in a guy who obviously had some issues. And here we are talking about the loss of a life of a man in his 50s leaving a family behind. A guy whose legacy of how he established this club from a commercial viewpoint in the greater community of Houston, selling tickets, meeting season tickets in a a hotel suite prior to the stadium being opened. He did everything he could to try and make this club what it is today. His legacy will live on. But an important reminder for everybody, if you're feeling stuck amongst your thoughts, if things aren't quite going your way or life doesn't make sense, speak up and if that's to me if that's to somebody else my dms are always open on twitter at podcast just pick up the phone drop a message to somebody because there's always a way out it's happened to me in my lifetime and i think it's important for people to recognize that there is other ways to deal with these issues and being around other people at a tough time in your life is something that does help and there's always a better way so If it's me or it's somebody else, if you're ever feeling, if you're listening to this today and you're having the worst fucking day ever, reach out to somebody because life is too short, it should be enjoyed and it shouldn't have ended that way for Jamie. A great man who gave me his time when he didn't have to, Um, when I was was trying to sort some things, he was there to support. Um, He was there to support his team um, and a guy who'll be sadly forgotten, Um, but uh, there's always a way out. But... Remembering Jamie Roots for his contribution to this Houston Texans team, um, but looking forward um, to this season's football. So the 49ers game came and went last week. That was the most we've seen of the starters to this point in the off-season. I think there was some positives on the offense, a bit more production, a bit more guile, a bit more fluency. Um, obviously, Damian Pierce has stolen the, everybody's hearts and What a time it is to finally have a running back with juice in his legs, a position that's been so underserved. And since Arian Foster, effectively, uh, Lamar Miller being used in the wrong ways, um, trying to put on muscle and tell him to run between the tackles. But Pierce has got juice, short area, quickness, burst, change of direction, patience. He will be. You know, potentially a great player. Let's hope it transfers itself into production. But certainly the star from the offensive side of the ball in the preseason, you saw again in the final game. A lot of the starters were in the third down completion after the after the the catch. The Nico was pulled back. Chris Moore brings in a touchdown. He makes the roster again this year. So there was a bit more fluidity in the offense. I thought the up front. TFL, sacks. you know, you probably can't fool yourself too much when you're going against backups, the difference between a backup offensive lineman and a starting offensive lineman in this league and the guys who probably didn't make San Francisco's roster is a a rather large gulf that you probably don't want to confuse with quality and what needs to happen up front. But certainly, positive outing against the 49ers, and it gave you probably a bit of an idea what this squad can be. Albeit, we won't know anything material about this team until week one against the Colts, Um, but certainly positive uh, what the coaching staff need to see winning all three games and getting a good look at this roster i think this roster pretty much picked itself for the most part but obviously three undrafted free agents making the roster converted linebacker from minnesota chippewas troy harrison it's really a tough mentality of how much you really want it um, it's it's what you're willing to do to win and what you're willing to do for your team so um it's a, it's a physical position, um, but, you know, do it behind me, need it, like run the ball, need it. So uh, whatever I got to do to make sure he gains as many yards as he can making the team as a fullback, a converted fullback, a shout out from Nick Cancerio to the area scout on that one. Certainly looks like he's got the mentality, a position that is brutal. You're a battering ram, putting your body on the line. Not many teams carry one, but perhaps a nod towards this team's recognition that they want to run the ball and they want to be consistent running the ball and they want as many blockers so effectively a more agile offensive lineman to try and take second level defenders out of the hole to clear the the gaps for the the tailbacks in this but Troy Harrison makes this roster Paul Quisenberry brought back on the practice squad so certainly there's a lot there to to see that the team is definitively committed to a full back of old. Um, not many teams use them. We did use them under Gary Kubiak, Jay Prosh under O'Brien for a while. The team went without one, but certainly the commitment to the run and running between the tackles. You saw that a lot of dual plays, and that's two double teams up front um, against the defensive line from your offensive line to try and uh, make holes in that to to run you know short intermediate gains. And and you saw and you saw that. There, but certainly Troy Harrison in the roster uh, and certainly we'll, won't see him on the field all that much. Uh, but certainly when he is, when when you've got to have it on the ground, expect him to be in there. Kurt Heinish as well the former Notre Dame appearance holder at Notre Dame um, in terms of outings for the fight in Irish. He comes in and he outplayed um, many of his compatriots there, um, him and Michael Duoma for making up the the two interior tackles. And Ross Blacklock is traded. I think Casario did really well to get something for, for Ross Blacklock. Just never quite made it, never had a signature appearance, never had a signature play never really brought himself to a level that thought you could be relied upon and ultimately Heinish and Duomo for a second-year player from Toledo, outperformed uh, the, the former TCU man, a six-round pick, a seventh going the other way to Minnesota. They've basically gutted and started that roster again under Mensa and uh, Kevin O'Connell as head coach there. So, yeah, we'll see if Ross can do it. He just never quite got pad level was too high, dropping his helmet, Um, just wasn't consistent, didn't get enough gap shooting ability that he showed in his college tape in TCU. Top of the second round. He closes the book on the worst trade in franchise history and we'll, we'll move on from that. It feels like that sorry period of Texans football missed draft picks as well as Max Sharping leaving the squad being picked up by the Bengals so we'll see if he can catch on but again Max rookie year he actually had good tape in the league and that's why he's he's, he's caught on to another team but just never quite improved that functional playing strength never quite in- prove that down and down now. He's intelligent at times. I think the change in offensive line coaches, uh, the change in uh, schemes perhaps wasn't a fit for him as well under Pep. Um, So he moves on. But again, you can see why this team is in a clear rebuild position after a number of years of talent not panning out in the mid to top end rounds and that leaves you a big talent gap that you cannot fill with free agency it's just not physically possible by the constructs of the league but i think this week perhaps showed us that there is an all year round talent evaluation for teams and picking up some free agent waiver wires a couple and a familiar name coming back um, Tyler Johnson picked up the former Minnesota wide receiver, is picked up by the Texans on the waiver, wasn't able to play special teams, a bit of the dropsies, um, it was described to me in Tampa last year, an all-time wide receiver, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones going over there, so his snaps were going to be limited, so hopefully he's just been pushed out by one of the best wide receiver cores in the league. And he can be the Texans' game, a functional outside guy um, who can make plays as a wide receiver. For Tyler Johnson comes in as a serviceable four. It's time for him to convert that potential um, fifth round pick for. Tampa never quite came to fruition in terms of his expectations of talent but certainly he will have a platform here to go and, and make plays this year and certainly he'll be out on the field because he will, will need to rotate and we can't you know ex- put too much on those top three guys uh, there's got to be some relief in there and Tyler Johnson will hopefully provide that and hopefully make some plays um, and be a receptive and a trusted asset for Davis Mills in helping that evaluation throughout the season Jordan Aitkins, the tight end returns the team looked horrendously light at tight end, Tegan Quintoriano went to the practice uh, or went on to IR rather this week um, been icing a knee injury throughout camp limited um. his development is going to be stunted by that so Jordan Aitkins comes back despite reportedly having a bit of beef with the team and Bill before he left his snaps um, kind of were reduced last year as it looked to be on Brevin Jordan but Brevin's not proven didn't look great had a terrible drop on the sidelines wide open against the 49ers last Thursday so there's not a lot to be trusted there so he provides a move past catching option that I can almost guarantee will see the field at some point and I would not be surprised if Jordan Aitkins moves onto the active roster at some point this year after his three ups allowed by the practice squad rules this year of 16. He was the only new addition that wasn't on the Texans books at training camp that came in. And another addition, um, a glass of OJ, a bit of a refreshing moved by the Texans and hopefully somebody who come and compete and allow Pep Hamilton to use the staple of his offense, the 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends on the field. Pep wants that to be a big part of this offense, allows you to run the ball, but also allows you to play action off that, make some intermediate passes, roll out, let guys find space um, in between the second and third levels of the defense at a tight end position. So not only can OG Howard come in over, wasn't taken on by the Bills, was outplayed by other guys. And the big question will be, is it a name or is it a game at this stage of his career? He's been in the League 5, coming on six years, never quite lived up to his potential. Tom Brady fancied and wanted, wanted him to be a part of that offence in Tampa Bay. Hurt, his, hurt, hurt himself last year with an Achilles injury. Now he comes back, can he find a way to be consistent for this football team in the blocking game Pride. Primarily, and then can he become a passing, catching asset in the short to intermediate as well as the red zone? The traits are off the charts. That's why he was taken in the first round. By far the most talent there, but can that talent translate into performance and production for the Texans? But if Mills can have a go-to tight end or a couple, and if Brown can take a step forward, then the position group went from dull to almost interesting. So I think O.J. Howard comes in. And again, is it a name or is it a game at this stage? of his career but certainly it will help Pep run the type of formations and offence looks that he wants to run and allow them to be better in the run game which is far more important this year than it's ever been particularly with trying to take some of that pressure off Mills try and make the passing downs more manageable and keep the offence on the field, keep your defence on the sidelines Undrafted free agent Jake Hansen Makes the roster as well, um, and I think there's there's definitely a lot to be said for a guy who was going to set the record at Illinois under Lovey Smith for turnovers. Has a nose for the ball. You saw him got get him an interception in the preseason, and a guy who they they definitely liked the look of, um, and certainly could develop into a player now. That certainly from the roster composition, the linebacker spot. Looks incredibly swollen. Um, I think when you've got Christian Harris moved to the IR, so we've now gone from eight to seven linebackers. Seven still seems high. I'm not quite clear of the benefit of having both Neville Hewitt and, G- uh, and Jalen Reeves Mabin on the roster. Mabin's contract effectively made him uncuttable, special teams guy. So how long Neville Hewitt necessarily hangs around, I don't know. He's the secondary Mike in this uh Second string, if you like, um, for behind Christian Kirksey on the roster. Beyond Cashman, Garrett Wallow, who's in transformed, and Gruzier hill they brought back as well. So quite what they'll do at linebacker um, still remains unclear. You probably need six um, with a couple of additions on the practice squad, but certainly it looks heavy how long that can continue and how many of these guys can contribute in special teams. You'll only probably dress six for out of it on... Game day, but that position looks heavy as well as the defensive line. Obviously, Lovey Smith says he doesn't like to blitz, it is a slant on the four guys up front they will dress eight and you'll need two sets of guys to go in there and I think there's a decent balance across the five and five with the interior guys Malik Collins Michael Dueman for a second guy Kurt Heinisch the undrafted rookie free agent who's come in and made the roster Thomas Booker the fifth round pick out of Stanford and of course Mr. Roy Lopez making up the interior guys out on the edge you've got a good you've got Richard Green who can who can convert inside and outside gives you some versatility. And you got Addis Mario Addison, Jonathan Grenard, and Jerry Hughes as your predominantly outside guys, and you've got Ocaronko on there as your speed guy, your Jake Martin replacement there. So there's certainly options on game day but certainly the defensive side of the ball looks a little bit disjointed I think certainly safety is a position that you would expect them at some point to try and bring somebody in because I think Jalen Petrie a lot to ask from a rookie great preseason, season uh, got a nose for the ball but he's he's light of frame a thin guy who the way he plays Um, How long can he, he take that Without sustaining an injury Particularly in his first year If he's been asked to do a lot Jonathan Owens comes up not a bona fide starter Eric Murray and M.G. Stuart M.G. Stuart a surprise to make this roster perhaps and how late he was in games in the preseason but safety spot particularly in this scheme where safeties are relied upon to a greater degree than others it looks like in terms of experience in terms of NFL snaps um, you know to have M.G. Stuart and Eric Murray has been your predominantly uh, your guys who lead that in terms of experience, um, the safety group still does look a concern. Yidam was brought back to the roster, which was a good move. Tremont Smith was your special teams guy and your top three of King, Stingley, Nelson at cornerback. Still looks a little bit light um, versus if you look at the roster compositions in previous years. So perhaps there's another add to be had there, but the, the flexibility with the 16-man practice squad plus Dale as your international coach, uh, add on to the squad um, there is options there um, on the on the practice squad as I said only one new face coming in and Jordan Aikens the tight end position Tyler Johnson a great add I think he'll add something to this team certainly in talent Chris Conley's back on it um, <clears throat> on the roster again for another year and we'll see what he can do at times can play a role same with Chris Moore and then in terms of the running back position they brought back Royce Freeman which was a surprise in terms of the roster moves again I would put that up there with one and two in terms of safety if they're going to add somebody to that that spot there Um, but certainly it's Damian Pierce's show but again he's a rookie didn't have a huge amount of carries in Florida hence why he fell to the fourth round of the draft so how much can you put on him? You're talking sort of 12 to 15 carries a game over a 17-game schedule. That puts you in the danger zone in terms of getting injured for overuse of running backs. So is Rex Burkhead, Darian Gabwali enough with Royce Freeman to be backups in relief to continue to run the ball if Damian isn't there? And I would suggest not. Running back to a position you can find guys and, and plug them in relatively easy. Um but they will probably need to find somebody if they're wanting to be consistent running the ball um, as they want to be this season. But it's a fluid situation. We'll see the squad will continue to churn throughout the season. We saw Danny Amendola coming in late into the process, started, led the team in catches against Jacksonville week one. And we've got the Liberty whiteout to prepare for next week. We'll probably come back Monday, Tuesday next week to have a Look forward to playing the Colts, um, a team that bullied us to a degree last year. And I think it will be a really tough game. The offensive line group picked itself. I think there, was, there wasn't a great deal of debate on who and how and who shouldn't be there. Um, but they'll have a hell of a interior battle um, against the Forrest Button and Grover Stewart. Nick, Nick Casario outlined them in his press conference. And ultimately the test of can Kenyon Green get ready, some nice flashes in the preseason game, some regrettable pass protection, but certainly he's a run mauler, tucking him inside next to Laramie, you've got to hope we can be productive in that, because ultimately if this line is successful, protect Mills on the passing downs, not give up unnecessary pressures, be communicative with one another, not let free blitzers run into the backfield. If you could be solid and functional up front and run the ball at a decent clip and try and get into the four yards per carry arena, then that allows us to give a big chance to Davis Mills to evaluate him clearly and understand in a year where there's a raft of talent coming out of the quarterback position in college, probably better than any year that I can remember, certainly in the last decade, in terms of the number of names that have been floated around that will be You know, primary first round picks then you've got to get a good evaluation this year and I think Casario in his comments this week was not committal to Davis Mills Davis has an opportunity in front of him I think he's excited about the opportunity I think our team is excited about the opportunity but the bottom line is about production and it's about going out there and playing effectively that's the most important thing and look ultimately this is Nick's big goal uh, being a general manager, it feels like this squad's taken huge steps forward from last year, iterative improvements. Now, is that going from a fort? You know, and he, he said that major undertaking. And he and Nick actually outlined in his press conference that he didn't necessarily think this was the year for us to take big jumps without saying it, and um, and you know, to go from four to six to seven wins would be a great step forward. How that then translates and manifests itself in the performance of Davis Mills over a 17-game slate. Touch Woody stays healthy, continues to get a good evaluation, the players around them, the pass-catching options, the line holds up, then you get a clear idea of what he is. But I don't think, without a transformational performance this year, with unrivaled consistency... Will Nick Cassero be willing to hitch his wagons to Davis Mills? He's going to have to take a jump that will be almost alien to the tape that he's put out there now, almost alien to the tape that he's put out in pre-season. And the jump from Davis will have to be significant, um, but he'll have to be supported to do that. Um, But certainly Nick Cassero, non-committal final press conference prior uh, to games kicking off. you will have some radio availability this week as we get ready for the Colts. Week one, NRG Stadium, September the 11th, Liberty Whiteout. We'll come and prep that a little bit next week uh, with a guest. We've got a great guest lined up for week one to review the game. And I just can't wait for football to be back and talking about real games, about real tape and the stuff that matters Um, Last season was strange in so many ways, um, with the move to Tyrod, back to Mills, injuries, lack of talent, Cully in charge, and I think you just can't say enough about Lovey Smith encapsulating everything that a head coach should do, a serious professional who motivates his players... Um, and players want to play from, he motivates me listening, he motivates the team um, to hopefully a better product on the field than it was last year and a better managed product on the field. How he manages to call plays and manage the game, timeouts, etc. We'll see. I think that's probably one of his big tests and we'll get an idea for that in week one. But real football's almost here, everybody. Watching some Texans football next week. But we'll catch you up again next week. Try and get ready for the game a bit more. Look at some of the storylines, some of the key battles available for us that may or may not swing the game. But like Texans football back. Let's rejoice. Let's enjoy it. Likes to be savoured. Jamie Roots' his memory gave us that reminder Um, reach out if you need anything I'll be reaching out to a few people for next week's show um, if you want to come and join if you have any questions for next week if you have any thoughts if you want to send them in at podcast Texans um, on Facebook on Instagram on Twitter Um, drop us a comment on YouTube podcast Texans at gmail.com send us anything you want to talk about or the final podcast before the first game of the season so thank you everybody for listening